This episode of The A-Team is brought to you by FaceToFaceGames.com, Canada's number one source for Magic the Gathering card singles. So my new plan, since there's going to be less counterspells, is I can finally run my zombie apocalypse deck. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, the humans player you face in the one and three brackets can be really mad. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the A-Team Podcast, brought to you by ManorDeprived.com and 60cards.com. Check us out. In 2010, a crack magic playing unit was sent to prison by the DCI court for mise they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a federal pound-me-in-the-ass prison to the Canadian underground. Today, still wanted by Wizards of the Coast, they survive as podcasters of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can listen to The A-Team. KYT. I don't know about you guys, or I'm just mind-tricking myself constantly. <laughs> Jay Boosh. They're of a different culture, KYT. They prefer their magic untainted by the internet. Scotty. Then you just pull the fucking Mind Slaver and you just dome them with their own dude. That's entertainment. And Medina. I'm on camera and I'm like, oh man, don't blink. Act like you meant to do this. <laughs> and now, the AT. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 82 of the A-Team Podcast. This is KYT with Jonathan Medina and Scott McCallum. How's it going, fellas, without Jay? <laughs> today? It's going great without Jay. Now I can be the star <laughs> of the show. <laughs> not close. Not now, close. It's, it's actually, you know, it, it's going fantastic. But unfortunately, John, you can't be the star of the show. Damn it. Yeah, we you actually... have another star? Yeah, we got somebody to fill Jay's shoes and, you know, more than adequately... Um, Honorary Canadian, uh, you guys may remember him from one of our previous episodes, uh, Magic Online Player of the Year, Reed Duke is in the house, ladies and gentlemen. So, my friends, thanks for having me on. GP Nashville winner as well. Fucking like master. Master. Pure master. Also known as the nicest guy in magic. (laughs) How am I supposed to compete with the nicest guy in magic? See? He gave me a bagel. (laughs) (laughs) He gave me a bagel. You always give random facts, KYP. Well, they're true. I'm I'm glad that stuck with you. Wait, wait, it was a muffin. What am I saying? (laughs) (laughs) What a liar. (laughs) (laughs) So, Reed, what have you been up to, brother? Aside from, like, you know, taking that GP, folding it up, turning it, polishing it sideways, and sticking up everyone's asses. Like, you killed that thing, brother. What the fuck happened? It was awesome. Thanks a lot. Yeah, I mean, things just went my way that weekend. But uh, lately, uh, things have been going really good. I spent spent most of the first part of the year like traveling every single weekend, playing tournaments. But uh, this has been kind of like the longest lull I've had in a while. So it's been good just to be home and like catch up on all non-magic stuff. Nice. So, uh, so how long exactly? So was Nash was like the GP your last trip, or where else were you? Um, the weekend after Nashville, I played the Star City Invitational in Baltimore. Oh, right, right. But after that, it's been, uh, I've just been around. Nice. Yeah, you were my pick for the Invitational, and then when you, uh, didn't do so well, it, uh, looked really poorly on me. But, you know, that's okay. <laughs> I, I mean, to be honest with you, I was my pick for the Invitational, too, but I just, I chose a really bad standard deck, and, uh, yeah, <laughs> on my weekend. Yeah. You, uh, you stuck with Blue Black for that one, didn't you? 
yeah, but I had like an especially terrible list. I had some crazy ideas that I tried out and they weren't good. And that was not really the place to be trying them out. <laughs> He's like, yeah, but I had an especially terrible list. <laughs> you, you, you rarely ever hear someone say that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So when you say non-magic stuff, like what kind of non-magic stuff did you catch up on? Um, well, I've, I've got a part-time job around here. I'm kind of like the apprentice to a jeweler. Um, so I'm back to work for him. Uh, and that's, that's been good. And basically just, you know, preparing myself for the mental and physical toll that spending a week with uh, a house full of magic players is going to take on. (laughs) So when you talk about the physical toll, is it just like, you know, cramping arthritis of the hands from shuffling so much (laughs) or is it more so the liver you know that takes the beating or is it just the whole lack of sleep because you can't stop playing yeah i mean i guess i guess all those things um it all comes up no sleep bad diet uh, (laughs) too much coffee all all these things you're supposed (laughs) to take this seriously right (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome so uh so what have your what are your plans then like um I, I basically you're just resting up, saving up and, and conserving energy for, you know, heading out to, to pro Travison. When are you leaving for Barcelona? Um, that's Friday, May 4th, which I think is a week from, uh, you know, two, two days from now mm-hmm. when we're recording, but yeah, it's, uh, basically this weekend's a pre-release and then like I'm, I'm on vacation until the pre-release. And then once that happens, I have access to the new cards. I'm going to try to work as hard as I can. Nice. So when you say you have access to the new cards, like you've got a, a you're already sponsored for the play sets or like what's going down? No, I mean, I'm just going to try to like, you know, win a box if I can at the pre-release and then use that for, uh, for the pro tour. Start <laughs> nice. drafting and stuff. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, and I guess that's right too. Like, I mean, I, I'm talking about it from the constructive point of view, but I didn't even consider the implications of the brand new six pack or brand new draft format. Right. So yeah, it's it's an excellent point. That's kind yeah, of funny, it's like, like insane. Like this this time last year, if I was just working on my own, I would probably go into this pro tour like never having drafted or like you know even seen the cards in a limited context. So uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be like a pretty intense uh, couple weeks trying to prepare for it. Nice. Can you imagine what it looks like when Reed Duke goes to his local pre-release? Just like. He walks in there and everyone's like, "Ah, oh, shit, Reed Duke's here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we're playing for second, boys. <laughs> no, no, they, they make fun of me there. It's like I walk in, it's like, Reed, you forgot to sign out Doomblade again, you idiot. It's like, <laughs> oh, all man. right, nice to see you too. <laughs> I think it's because you're too nice, man. Yeah. <laughs> you should give one of those like a karate chop in the throat and then let's see how much time, <laughs> how the shit they talk next time. <laughs> yeah. All right, I guess I'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, pay money to see that. It, it'll it'll be like front page news. Reed Duke gets arrested for assault. <laughs> <laughs> Medina told me to do it. That's right. Rapidly extradites himself to Barcelona to save himself from persecution. <laughs> oh God. So okay. So you mentioned you're going with a with a team this time. Like you, it seems to be that you are starting now more regularly to work with folks. Is this sort of a, a new thing for you this year or when did any of that sort of like, how's that changed? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's definitely new for me. Um, I mean, I've definitely had talented people to like work with and help me for every pro tour I've been to, but mostly it's just kind of like 
one-on-one testing or like talking to like a couple people independently. Uh, Pro Tour Hawaii was the first time I actually like met with a big group um, to play test live. And it was like one of the biggest things was just being able to just at the drop of a dime start like a world-class caliber draft, you know, like a couple times a day um, as opposed to most of the time for a Pro Tour, the new set's not even out on Magic Online. So you, you can't really have access to drafting until like maybe the day before the pro tour when you meet your friends something like that so that's a big help nice so do you find that most of the preparation like the pro tours now obviously are hitting sort of immediately following uh new new set releases right which i think is is great right because it provides the most challenge for you guys um but the point that i want to make towards that is is most of the time spent focusing on the limited portion or is there sort of a good healthy mix between that and the constructed format? Uh, there's a mix. I'd like to say healthy mix, but that's not, not always the case. It's like on the one hand you can get super excited about your constructed deck and that's all you want to think about. And all you want to do is play games with this, like, you know, homebrew constructed deck. <laughs> and then there are other times where you're just like frustrated and you're like, Oh, I can't beat this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> really obvious most popular deck and you like don't even want to play and then you just end up drafting all the time so uh i would say it's like roughly 50 50 mix but not necessarily like in the way that it's supposed to be <laughs> so does it does the team aspect help out with that to try to help you know get that balance and at least you know while you're focusing on something else you know getting the experience in elsewhere like from other people in the team i guess yeah i'd say so it's good having like a lot of people because they're all working on different things. And um, if one person has, is having a tough time, like you can just go around asking people like what they're doing differently, you know, what kind of decks they're working on and uh, everybody keeps each other motivated. So it ends up working out. Nice. So do you prefer like when you're selecting a constructed deck for these events, um, do you generally try to take lead in saying, these are the ideas that I want to put forth and this is the deck that I want to build or are you, do you tend to be the person that will, you know, rely on some other people's innovations and then, you know, help add your own flavor or input towards the build process? That's a good question. Um, my personality is like, I tend to be the type of guy, like if you want something done right, you got to do it yourself. <laughs> so in the past, I've always taken the lead on things and like, you know, I never want to go with what's obvious on Magic Online. I want to come up with something like really good for myself. And that oftentimes doesn't happen. But uh, for this most recent Pro Tour, it's like the people on my team is like John Finkel, like Patrick Chapin, Paul Wright. So all these like really talented, like experienced guys. So I was like more content to just kind of be like quiet and help out with playtesting and like let them take the lead. Um, so I guess the, the answer is if you have people that you like trust to also come up with good ideas, then you don't have to like force all your own opinions on the group. Um, but that said, you know, if something jumps out at me, I'm definitely going to try to like pursue it and follow through. Nice. So if you want something done right, do it yourself, unless you're working with Patrick Chapin. (laughs) Unless somebody else could do it better. (laughs) He did, he did mention John Finkel, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Never heard of him. him. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, I, I guess it's, it's fair to say, like, you have proven without a doubt this year that you belong in the master class, okay? And, and, I, and I don't think that there's anyone 
you know, listening that would disagree with that. Um, Thanks you, a lot. Well, uh, I might dude, be inclined to like not 100% agree with that. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> that's fine. We're we're all our worst critics, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically, I've, I've had like really good results this year that I'm really proud of, but it's just one year. So like, let me do this, you know, five, six times in a row. And then you can like really rag me with those other top guys. All right. Fair enough. Um, so like, is anything really just lit up? Or are you just playing in more paper events? Like, is that really just what it is? Yeah. I mean, it's like the story of like any win- magic tournament that you end up doing really well. in is it's like going to be a combination of factors. You know, one is obviously good luck. One is like be playing a lot preceding it. Um, one is having the right people to work with. And uh, so everything's been lining up for me lately, especially like, I guess the biggest change is once I got to the Pro Tour, I spent all this time with like other top players, just like talking to them, playing against them. And, and it's like, you know, it, it skyrockets your game. Like basically anybody who gets to their pro tour, their first pro tour, it's like you're going to level up, you know, to use like Final Fantasy term. It's like <laughs> 10 levels right away. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that that's where I'm at right now, I guess. Nice. It's oh, it's funny. Owen Turtenwald said the same sort of thing, you know, when, when he was on our show and he mentioned that, you know, it was just that. It was like he was pretty good and he was, you know, obviously, you know, fine enough in his own right. But then once he started playing with the Fireball guys, he just, he said it was just not not even the same game anymore. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So that's awesome. Okay, so what have so obviously like we've got the new set, you know, that's upon us. Uh, all the spoilers have been out. We did a bit of a spoiler, you know, kind of went over some of our most important cards and what we think stands out and what's neat and exciting. But you know, I think it'd be really valuable. We haven't done like the full blo- full blown. I don't want to go through each and every individual card with you because you know, frankly, your time's more valuable than that, and we appreciate that. But can we spend some time talking about how this set is potentially going to change, you know, the strategies that are currently prevalent today in Standard as well as in, you know, your thoughts on the block constructed uh, that you're going into at uh, at Barcelona? Yeah, yeah, we, we could talk about that. Though I have a confession to make, and that's uh, I really have no idea how good, like, these miracle cards are going to be. It's just, like, so different from everything that I've, that I'm used to that I can't really make an educated decision. <laughs> like on the one hand, I guess maybe in block, if games are going really, really long, then you could figure a really high portion of the cards you're going to draw over the course of the game are going to be off the top of your deck for your draw step. So like, that's a reason to play these really expensive miracle cards. Like you treat the angels or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, on the other hand, I really don't like having seven mana cards in my opening hand, especially ones that like don't have a powerful effect. Um, yeah, it's like I guess I'm just I'm just gonna wait and see about a lot of these things um, before I make a firm decision for myself. Okay, but if you, if you had a guess though, you know if I, mean? I had a guess, I would say Temporal Mastery is extremely overrated. I mean, I'm sure it's it's got some uses, but it's I don't think it's gonna get banned, and I don't think it's gonna be in every single deck with Brainstorm uh, and Legacy or, or anything like that. Um, and I would say. On the flip side, some of the more, some of the ones that look more awkward and expensive, but are like very powerful, those might be, you know, like, like powerful fringe cards for, for control decks in standard or, or whatever it might be. Like which ones? Like the, uh, the five damage one or? 
The five damage one, I, I actually have played a handful of games with that, and I wasn't really too impressed. When you miracle that on, like, your second turn, uh, you you kind of want to be killing a creature with it, in which case it could have just been a Five shop. is overkill, yeah. And that, like, that, that even gives you more flexibility because you don't have to cast it during your draw step. Um, so, yeah, it's nice when you when you top deck it in the late game, but you could also just top deck Lava Axe in the late game and spend the mana on it. <laughs> so I wasn't too... <laughs> Uh, they're also really bad with Snapcaster Mage, yeah, which is a definite negative. Like if you take a Delver deck and replace eight of your cheap cantrips with eight Miracle cards, suddenly Snapcaster Mage is like not what you expect it to be, and that's, that's- <laughs> you have to run like twenty-seven lands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not ten mana Snapcaster Temple Master. Yeah, do your turn. <laughs> All right. Now, the one that uh, that I am really excited about, though, is Terminus, uh, which is the Hallowed Burial variant. Yeah, yeah. Because Hallowed is just a really good card. Yeah, yeah. And, like, if you have to pay one more for it, fine. You know, it's, it's, it's like the guaranteed Wrath, you know, not like Day where they can regenerate or whatnot, or Undying, right? right. So like, I'm comfortable in Standard paying one more for that now, but the upside potential of being able to just, like, one-white your opponent is just good. <laughs> Yeah. So I wrote about white green wolf run ramp, and I was wondering if you guys think Terminus would be a good card in there, uh, like maybe in place of Day of Judgment or play a mix of them. Because on the one hand, you get a lot of mana, you could afford the Day of Judgment, but on the other hand, you're usually playing off the top, and maybe you can you can play the Terminus like like Scott said, it's better against Undying and Regenerate and everything, and uh, maybe you play that and something else in the same turn. What do you guys think? I would look at it so like in Wolf Run White, are you running like ideally you'd be running what four day and one in the or three day and one in the board, right? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, so I would look at it like I've been running. I took a look at LSV's recent Esper list because I've been playing Esper Walkers pretty much, you know, religiously since uh, Shaheen kind of put it out there, and you know, in some form or another, anyway. And so I feel like Terminus has been really, really good, and I, I you could kind of go almost like the two one split main. You know, like yeah. like two one split day terminus, and then have another terminus or even two. Like if you wanted to in the board, it depends on how much space you've got and what other matchups you need to shore up. But I mean, that's sort of where I think I would look at first because it is really really powerful, and when you want it, you want it in bunches. Um, but you know, like it's no worse or no better sort of game one than a day of judgment or your Elish Norn. You know? Okay. Why, why would you go two one split? Well, if you're going like, to play three day anyway, yeah, right. Like, um, why not just go all in terminus or all in day? Like, what's the benefit because some, of going? Sometimes you need to turn four day of judgment. Yeah, but I mean, then you might have the terminus. <laughs> you know, like well, there's no, 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 no telling. Just because you have one in your deck or two in your deck doesn't mean that's, that you're going to. That's gonna... why it's called miracle, John. You get it when you need. It. <laughs> you get that's it right. when you need. It. <laughs> Copy. I, I I don't know what actually I'm talking about, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Let me qualify this statement by not qualifying the statement. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but I would assume that it's probably better than Day in the Wolfram White deck because it seems like if you get this like horde of zombies that's like beating you down, or even like let's say they play a um, like a messenger, right? And uh, and you uh, flip that for the turn, you could just like one mana dome the messenger. Right, and yeah, then just sure. play your play play your ramp spell like you would, anyways, and then like just get to your titans because I like it because like 
it can keep messenger or strangle root geist off your back in the early game if you just flip in they have a couple dudes and you don't want that pressure you just like pay the one mana and just keep ramping and yeah. then uh and then when you get to the top it doesn't matter if it's four mana or six because you can just tap out yeah, for it yeah the That's one mana actually. two sometimes delver can't mana leak it yeah yeah yeah, that's really good, John. I didn't think about that. That that is a uniquely qualified perspective. Oh man, you ruined my whole unqualified of my statement. Bro. No, no, it's all right. <laughs> you 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 came off smart there, kid. Sorry. <laughs> so yeah, no, that's that's a really good point. Obviously, it's going to merit testing, right? So that you can kind of determine. And I think from what I've been seeing, it, it the miracle cost it really. How many you want in your deck totally depends on how many cards you're seeing in your deck, obviously, and how you're doing it. Like, I find that, you know, obviously playing a card like Think Twice gives you a lot more power over, you know, being able to trigger miracles, right? But if in a green-white version, you know, maybe maybe John's point is correct, right? Because ultimately, it doesn't matter in terms of the mana cost late game, right? Well, when the mana cost is one, and the, the full cost is so much so much more reasonable than the other effects like you have the one that deals five damage but you know costs like a million yeah you know but this one is only two more than day of judgment you know which is you know and it's one it's one mana when you draw off the top and yeah and it's permanent (laughs) yeah yeah, and you're not and you're not like uh you're not like drawing a bunch of cards in wolf run ramp so it's it's like it seems like you're gonna draw it off the top more often than not you know, like instead of like a control deck where you're like drawing a million cards, you yeah. know, you're you're more likely to color clutter your hand with miracle cards. Cause well, no, be- no, my point, no, I and I disagree with that actually because generally what you do is if you know you're running the miracles, is you're spacing your draws out, right? So you, you're looking for your draw on your turn, and then you're always playing your instant draw on your opponent's turn so that you can double your chance of hitting at miracle cost. Yeah, but I think you can still play it at instant speed off the miracle draw on their turn, right? I think that's fine if you're like living in a perfect world. But one of the problems with the with control is that you have to respond to your opponent, you know. So you can't just like, oh, I'm just going to space my draws out because sometimes you just need to start digging. And like, I feel like a lot of times what's going to happen is you're going to start digging. You're going to end up with a bunch of miracle cards in your hand. Yeah, I could see it. Yeah. Anyways, it's um, it's been. Like I said, it's it's been fine. I've been just running the entreats though, uh, and I've been running terminus in the board um, for that list because again, it's just a matter of um, you know when you want the effect, you want the effect, and if you can get it at discount bonus, yeah. And the more rats you have, the better chance you've got to get it at discount. But yeah, I can totally see that's a pretty sweet card in there. Um, is there any? So what other changes, have, updates have you made to the list then, or are you considering? Um, well, this was. Um like my birthing pod wolf run deck that I, I played before dark ascension. And the biggest change is there's all these new green sun Zenith targets. And especially crucial is the three job, three drops slot. Um, That was kind of like a gap in the birthing pod chain earlier because it's not wolf runs, not really a deck that takes advantage of chip damage. It's just kind of, you resolve a Titan and win or you don't, you lose. Mm -hmm. So hitting them with a blade splicer token is very irrelevant. Um, but now we have Borderland Ranger. Yeah, Mike and, Flores' best friend is back. Yeah, and Somberwald Sage. That's um, the tap for three mana one? Tap for three mana to cast creatures, yeah. So that guy's really powerful. I used to play Palladium New, and the Somberwald Sage is like a million times better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty or insane. Or like, like one and a half times better. <laughs> 
You're like turn one birds of paradise, turn two sage, <laughs> turn three titan. Suck it. <laughs> yeah. Or Elish Norn, you know, whatever you like. Yeah. <laughs> Dornclex, the voice of hunger. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty insane. So Cavernous Souls. Cavernous Souls is uh yeah, that that's an extremely good card. <laughs> Would that be uh, a four of in your deck? No. Um I was thinking I was thinking two. Which uh like oh Owen Turtenwald wrote an article where he suggested that it would be like two of in a ramp deck with maybe more on sideboard, and that, that sounds pretty realistic to me. Uh one thing is one of the hardest cards to cast mana colored mana wise is Day of Judgment. Cavern of Souls doesn't help with that. Yeah. Also in a perfect world, I might try to build kind of like a three colors equal deck with uh Day of Judgment and Whip Flare. But if you overdo it on Cavern of Souls, that's just too ambitious, impossible, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I would say two, just as kind of like a nice tool. Um, you know, you can surprise them, like play it, play it from your hand, and name whatever you're going to cast on that turn if they leave mana open, or you know, just obviously name giant. That's that's pretty good too. <laughs> so yeah, it's a good tool, but I don't think it's going to be like a really defining card in the deck. Mm-hmm. Or Praetor if you're running both Norn and Vordclex. Yeah, Praetor. <laughs> I just like drop it on turn two and name Praetor. And, like, <laughs> Every time you draw, you just grin maniacally at your opponent. <laughs> it's coming! Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Alright, so what else do you see uh, changing the face of standard? Like, obviously, you know, the ramp decks are going to be, you know, ever more potent with some more, you know, mana fixing and reliability. Um, how do you think some of these cards are going to impact all the other decks? Like, what's in store for Delver here, Reed? Yeah, well, I, I don't think... I think this is, like, a really well-balanced set. There are a lot of cards that are definitely playable, but nothing that stands out to me like, okay, this is the new card of the format. I think, basically, everything that was good before Absent Restored is still going to be good but with a lot of new options added in there. Um, so let's see. Restoration Angel, I think, will be a big card, and it's not like a not like a Delver killer, but in the context of a certain deck, it could be like one extra really good tool against Delver because you don't have to tap out for it when you don't want to. It blocks anything in their deck, including Delver or Guys of St. Traft. It's not that bad if they snag it, and then it works really well with... Um, Something like Snapcaster Mage or Blade Splicer or, you know, whatever. So I like Restoration Angel. Um, the lands, Cavern of Souls. The White Red Land is... I, I really, really like the White Red Land, but unfortunately the mana is so bad for, like, a Boros aggro deck in Standard that I don't know if it's going to get used. Is it any worse than the Black-White mana, though? Or is it just that there were color requirements of the cards that are good in that deck? No, it's no worse than the black-white mana, but um, you don't really see black-white decks that are trying to play one-drops in both colors. Right. Whereas if you went white-red, you might want Champion of the Parish and Stromkirk Noble or Grim, Grim Lavamancer or Vexing Devil or whatever in your deck. Um, and it, it's not tribal, so you can't really use Cavern of Souls that well. But if you if you wanted to have one drops in both colors, like Clifftop Retreat doesn't help you because that comes into play tapped on turn one. Yeah. So you just have to have like, you know, way too many basics for that to ever be possible. Makes sense. 
But I guess you could do just like one color splashing the other for a land and like some personal removal. Mm-hmm. Could be good. Well, I think that the there is the the Boros aggro lists that are showing up in the block, right? I mean, it's that's still a deck. Um, but yeah. I think it's. Uh, I mean, it's probably going to be human based. I mean, there's that one new new human too, which is like uh, red two. Um, three one. When he enters the battlefield, you deal it deals damage to target player equal to the number of humans you control. Right, that's pretty good. Right, so I don't know. Red white humans, I, I think, is something that I've heard a lot of people talking about. Yeah, it's definitely like really powerful deck. And again, the challenge is kind of working out the mana. Usually, you'll see them with a white base, just splashing red for the late game cards like the burn spells and hell rider. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. tough to splash for Hellrider, but it's just so good that maybe you take your chances. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh, what else? What else? Um, mentioned all the the green creatures, uh, the Zenith targets, Borderland Ranger, Somerwald Sage, Olvenwald Tracker. Have you guys seen the target That's... creature fights another creature for yeah, one it's green? Like a one drop, right? Well, yeah, it, it activates for two, right? And yeah. It's... yeah. So I really like that guy. Uh, for one thing, he kills a Phantasmal Image for free, and Phantasmal Image is just the best card against green creature decks right now. Yeah. Um, and it's also Grim Lava Dancer. I've, I've just been wanting to play that card in general because, like, you know, it's it's really good against any kind of weenie creature strategy. But you can't really do it because if you try to insert it in, like, some kind of blue control shell, it's just going to turn on their dead gut shots. But the thing with Olvenwald Tracker is you're going to be playing it alongside Birds of Paradise and Llanowar Elves, so those cards, like, A, are going to be put to good use no matter what you do, whether you play the Tracker or not, and B, sometimes you could bait them out with your with your mana dorks and then play the Tracker and have it live. Yeah. So I think it's pretty powerful. Well, and I guess Grim Lapamancer, too, in those, in those blue-red control decks is obviously at odds with Snapcaster Mage, too, right? Yeah, good point. So, you know, there's there's that whole non-bow going on in that one. Yeah, but, just flashback spells in general. Yeah. So, the looting land, though. Yeah, looting land's really good. Uh, it's really slow, but, like, that's a very, very useful effect for control. It happens to be not at its best, the way control decks look now, because you've got all these Think Twices and Forbidden Alchemies. It's like there's a lot of things you can use your mana on at the end of the mm-hmm. turn. But I'm thinking back to like old control decks where your card advantage engines were like main phase planeswalkers, and then if you wanted to pass with permission up, that was kind of like your decision. I'm passing with permission up. Uh, but the desolate lighthouse in in a case like that would give you something to do at the end of the turn. It's definitely like a really unique and interesting card that's going to be a consideration for a long time. But it's not such a powerhouse that I think it's going to dramatically change the format. That's good. I just want to add that I love that card because I love blue red. Yeah, same here. <laughs> you uh, you you wrote an article about wanting to be the aggressive deck when in, in the new format, and uh, you know, so there's some really aggressive red cards that have come out. One of them has taken the forefront of a lot of people's uh, you know, brewing focus, and that's Vexing Devil. Yeah, over so, overrated, I think. Yeah. Yeah, um, I would say it's better than Lava Spike, but it's way, way worse than 4 damage to target opponent. 
here's why. Um, it wants to be, you want to play it on turn one, because if you play it later in the game, they're going to be more equipped to deal with it. Like, maybe they just have a Day of Judgment coming next turn anyway, if you play it in the mid-game. Um, maybe they have a blocker, maybe they have, you know, some other removal spell. So the earlier you play it, the better. But if you play it on turn one, it's going to be sometimes instead of your other one drop, like your Goblin Guide or your Stromkirk Noble, which is going to be dealing them damage anyway if you play it instead. Mm-hmm. So there's that problem with, with playing it as a one drop. And then if you top deck it late game, basically the more options you give your opponent, the worse a card is. So they can always take four and have that be like, you know, a worst case scenario, which is good. One mana for four damage is good if it was that every time. But the times where you top deck it, play it, and they just have like a removal spell that was sitting in their hand anyway, or they have a big creature that's that's ready to block it. Those are bad, and it doesn't have haste. So maybe they just kill you that turn. Nice. Or trample, for that matter. Yeah, right. I think Red Soul is pretty good against it. I heard someone say, uh, sweet, now red players are going to play a creature with a dismember attached to it. So, <laughs> so like... <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting I, I just, way to put it. Yeah, I just... I, I re- it really changed the way I think. Not changed, but, like really put in a perspective for me because i'm just like yeah that's true like you're basically giving your uh, opponent a free dismember yeah yeah which is just seems bad i had somebody at at cards last night look at me and it's like vaccine devil yeah it's gonna be really good can't you just envision like turn four vaccine devil yeah yeah whatever no i'll take four super brimstone volley you (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) like four mana nine damage thanks for coming out yeah Uh, anyways Seems a little sure, too much sure like magical Christmas. Like exactly one time and then figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but it'll be really great and the look on your opponent's face that one time you pull it off. Anyways. Yeah, I mean don't get me wrong, like Vexing Devil will be playable. It's just like not really that much better than the card it's gonna be replacing. Yeah. That's fair. So counter magic. Let's let's talk about how terrible it is right now, or how terrible it's going to be. Or is it as terrible as we all saying it's going to be? Uh, it's still going to be good. I mean, not every deck is going to be playing with Cavern of Souls, and even the decks that are playing with Cavern of Souls will have non-creature spells. So it's not like your mana leaks are suddenly completely dead. The challenge is going to be Delver often uses mana leak not as like a counter their best spell card, but just as more of like a counter whatever they play card, like a time walk, you know? Mm-hmm. You play a co- couple creatures, you leave mana open, you're like, okay, I'm going to counter whatever they do on their turn, no matter what it is. They start tapping their lands, you slam the mana leak down before you even see what they're playing, you know? Because yeah. it's mm-hmm. just like a tempo card. And uh, Cavern of Souls matters for that reason, because it's it's like the threat of playing an uncounterable thing makes it a lot harder for these like blue aggro players to plan out their game. Um, because you can't, it's like on turn three, you could pass a turn with mana leak open, but there's such a great chance that the opponent's just going to make you waste your entire turn. And, uh, if they're progressing their, their board that turn when you hadn't planned on it, then you're going to be behind and that's a big problem. So it's going to take away like the most powerful like aspects of, uh, of mana leak in that deck at least, but it definitely won't make it like an unplayable card. So do you find that, like, do you feel that that's where it's going to have, that's where the counter magic argument is going to have the biggest effect is certainly in the Delver lists? 
as opposed yeah, to in the control list, for example? It seems very relevant in something like Delver against Wolf Run because, you know, they know your crucial amounts of mana, like four and six, but now there's not necessarily anything they can do about it because you can you can have Cavern of Souls and make your creature uncounterable. So they're going to have to adapt to that and, you know, be able to fight you on a, on a different level. Yeah. It just uh, it reminds me of uh, when I was playing uh, Solar Flare in uh, Nashville, and uh, I did have mana leaks, and so like all day I was just representing mana leak, right? So nobody would play into it, and uh, yeah, <laughs> and so so like yeah, so I got to the top eight, and then uh, I beat someone who I had already beaten the Swiss, so I got the top four, and we all get to see the deck list, right? And the guy is playing Wolf Run Ramp is one of the first like breakout tournaments oh, for Wolf Run Ramp. Yeah, and so he looks, he looks at my list and he's like, you don't have mana leaks. And I'm like, <laughs> I just like gave a little smile. Like, and so the game was totally different. Like when you watch him play me versus when he watched him play Christian Valente, yeah. uh, Christian Valente had mana leaks. So he's sitting there like agonizing. And this like Cavern of Souls situation just reminds me of that because he just like annihilated me because he's just like, oh no, mana leaks. Well, here's a turn four Titan. Like suck it. And then <laughs> this I'm was just like, oh. this was Sondag's weekend, right? Yeah, Sondag. Yeah. <laughs> so so like it's the same kind of thing with this cavernous souls where they're just like, oh, you have mana leaks. Don't care. Cavernous souls suck it. You know. <laughs> yeah. Totally. I don't. I don't really think is is counter magic really that good right now. Anyways, like if you think about the decks that are that are playing it, like, even, like, the Spirits deck, I think the last time I seen a Spirits deck was when Tom Martell played it. Um, not the Legacy version, but the uh, standard version in uh, one of the yeah, yeah. GPs. And he had, like, two mana leaks main. Yeah. And Jerry, Jerry and Brad played two at the Invitational. Yeah, and they played two, like, and then, like, any, like, control control deck is not really, I don't want to say non-existent, but the ones that I've been seeing doing well are more kind of... Uh, Unbarrel rights decks or like yeah the thing is Manalik and other permission is not good against Delver because uh, all their spells are so cheap and they have all these instant speed plays so if you like really obviously leave up permission they're mm-hmm. fine just passing the turn right back to you and making you waste your mana so yeah, like what so- I'm saying is like maybe it's not going to change that much because there's really not a lot of control is not really like a linchpin I mean the fact that it exists and that Manalik exists has like a tension that I sh- I'm sure has like impacts on the metagame, but it, there's not really a control deck that is really, uh, you know, like a linchpin of the format right now. So I feel like not a lot is going to change in, other than the fact that, you know, ramp gets tools against their worst matchup, which is Delver. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. I, I think the biggest change is going to be from the ramp perspective, just feeling more secure. It's like, pe- yeah. you know, that people aren't going to be, having a sideboard full of flash freezes and dissipates to bring in against you. Mm. Um, and it just like changes the way you construct your deck, the way you play it. And uh, that's going to be the big change rather than people actually like playing fewer counter spells, because as you said, people don't really play that many counter spells right now anyway. So does it make more sense then? I mean, you know, I've been seeing a lot more people doing the pulling the Michael Jacob, which is like, you know, three leaks, one negate or like two leaks, two negates. Like, is it just make more sense for control decks to be running just removal and negates? <laughs> as an uh, example, maybe uh, you will lose to Primeval Titan if you do that. Obviously, uh, like you really need you really need a plan to beat that guy, 
and I guess <laughs> it can't be Manly can dissipate anymore, but it also can't be Doomblade. Might have well, to be like, you know, you go over the top with like Karn or some type of image or something like that. If it is, if it is going to be Manly, you just have to craft the the plan with uh, with like ghost quarters and stuff to combat their their land. You know. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they could even just play it to turn their they're ready to cast the Titan. Yeah, I guess yeah. that's true. Yeah. yeah. I I hear that uh there's actually a card in Avicen Restored that uh you know Zach Hill says is is really good and and will help, you know, this Wolf Run matchup. Coincidentally, Reed, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but was also the first official wizard spoiler ever given to manadeprived.com. Really? Well, yeah. It? it was, was it's this it's this one mana black discard spell called Appetite for Brains. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh Zach Zach kept saying like, Oh, I just use, you know, despise to stop my opponent from playing, playing Primeval Titan. That's yeah, that's not what I want to be doing. <laughs> uh, you you I mean, despise for, them and they go, they show you their hand. It's like green sun zenith, green sun zenith, uh, rampant growth, rampant growth, suck it. <laughs> yeah, he actually had it like a direct comparison. He was like, oh, well, you know, duress used to be really good at stopping Yogmoth's bargain combo decks. So why is an appetite or brains really good at stopping primeval titan decks? And, uh, <laughs> The difference is, like, the Yawgmoth's bargain decks were built around bargain. They couldn't win if they didn't cast a bargain. Primeval Titan decks, it's just a regular deck where that happens to have a bunch of Titans that are just really good cards. Also, they're probably going to have more than four. They're going to have Inferno Titans. They're going to have, yeah, like, Green Sun Zenith. You know, that's, that's <laughs> a laugh when you play Appetite for Brains. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, and they can just top deck one at any time. Um, so... Yeah, like, Appetite for Brains is a good card in the context of a deck that can somehow close the game quickly or, like, take advantage of that, like, momentary, that momentary window. Yeah. But it's, it's not, like, it's, it's not, like, okay to have a dominant Primeval Titan deck as long as there's discard in the format. Uh, I don't think that's a good enough solution. Anyways, I was, I I wanted to obviously plug the spoiler on Mana Deprived. Thanks, Wizards. (laughs) Do the right thing. Um, and, uh, (laughs) They did the right thing. I right? know. Keep doing it. Keep it up. <laughs> and uh, and and uh, the Zach Hill article as well, and that whole perspective, um, because I think that there the community in general is is somewhat divided on this, but I think most of the people are just trying to, you know, mob Hill into admitting he was wrong. Sorry, wrong about the Cavern of Souls thing. Yeah, just the the whole perspective on Manalik in well, general. Well, I really liked his article. Like, it was a great what read. What he said was really good and true about Mana Leak, um, but I think it's more of kind of a momentary, you know, like snapshot of the metagame right now. Like Mana Leak's pretty fair in control decks. I, I mean, I would say it's a card. I don't want to see it in every single core set, but like like Lightning Bolt yeah. uh, or Duress or whatever, it's fine to just print it once in a while. It's like that that power level card. Uh, but it's really too good in Delver. I mean, the Delver deck is too good, you know, the yeah. whole package. Uh, Cavern of Souls is, sure, a fine solution for, like, this snapshot of the metagame, but I kind of have a feeling they're going to regret printing it. They have to be so careful with what they make down the road. Um, like, creatures, the trend recently seems to be they're pushing creatures with come into play abilities so that, you know, the Doomblade decks don't just, like, run over all the people trying to play creatures. Yeah. Um, 
and they have to be really careful with that trend now because you don't have these alternative ways to stop creatures from coming into play. Well, like, how sick was Barter in Blood when it was originally printed? Right? And, like, yeah. now they reprint it and everyone's like, oh, fuck, yeah, whatever. Well, I got Lingering Souls, nice card. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> and, and Undying, too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, so. man. I think uh, I, I'm okay with all this. Like, I mean, there was a time where blue really sucked in standard. And uh, that was like when, when Jun was around, you know? And then they printed Jace and like gave us Cobblade, where blue was just insane in standard and couldn't be beat, right? And uh, and then like it shifted into the primeval Titan world. And I think that's kind of where we're going now back to this ramp world. I don't, I don't prefer to play ramp decks, and I probably won't actually play them. Um, but you know, I'm I'm cool with like losing to ramp for a season or whatever, and then and then like getting blue back. But I, yeah, I think Delver, true. I think Delver's still good. I mean, Delver's still really good and still, like, I mean, there were games like I've played Delver before where you know I didn't even draw my counter magic and I just flipped my Delvers and killed ramp anyways. You know? Yeah. Funny, uh, you guys mentioned the spirit deck that like doesn't really play much for mission because yesterday night just for fun I went back and watched. Uh, Finkel versus Kibler, like the, the really like you know intense five game yeah. set from yeah. the Pro Tour. Yeah, the Opus. And uh, yeah. yeah, Finkel kept just like you know making making a game of it, like actually playing his <laughs> flying army against the Titans. Like there was one game where they had like a technical difficulty, or they had to go back and review the tape. And the last thing that happened was Kibler resolved an Inferno Titan and just like ruined Finkel's board. And it's just like, oh my god, like, how did this happen? And then they cut to the other match, cut back a few minutes later, and Fingal had, like, inexplicably, miraculously won the game after the Inferno Titan came down. And, uh, you know, to this day, I don't really know what happened, but, like, I guess the lesson is sometimes you can beat him without permission. You know? They staged it because it was <laughs> Finkel. <laughs> like, technical difficulties, we can't have him lose the <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, Reed, I just wanted to bring it back to the control decks because when I talked to you a few weeks ago, you were trying to make Grixis and Blue Black work. Um, I wonder if you ever touched on Blue White because over the weekend um, at a PTQ, at a PTQ where I was 5-0, I played against Rich Hohen, who decided to run Sam Black's. Uh, I think that's what he played, which only plays one mana leak. I think Rich decided to cut all mana leaks and play it, play the game as if he had them, and then. Blue Sun Zenith for like eight, and then like proceeded to beat me with his uh, card advantage. Uh, did you ever try Blue White? Uh, no, I, I never tried it to be honest. I, I assumed it would just have too much trouble with Delver because right, you have, right. you're like forced into playing a lot of things at sorcery speed. But I guess Rich had a kind of a strange strategy for that that was working out for him. Um, I feel like I really want more than four Think Twices. Because right. the way I like to play the Delver matchup is just, like, never do anything until they make me. And then every turn that passes, I can just, like, flashback a thing twice and gain a little small advantage. So that once once they force the issue, I'm really real, well well prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wasn't comfortable with, with Blue-White not having Forbidden Alchemy or Desperate Ravings. But you can definitely build it, like, a really powerful way. Day of Judgment's really good for the matchup. Yeah. Um, did Rich have Pristine Talisman? Yeah, he did have Pristine Talisman. So yeah, and, it's really good, too. And I think he was probably beating all the Delver decks. Like, in, he made top eight. 
he beat my friend in top four, and and it was just a matter of uh, outplaying the opponent. I mean, I I felt like I was outplayed during my match against him. So uh, it allowed that, him to do that. That deck is really really light on uh, on basically any threat. Like it's really light. Yeah. yeah he, what does he have? Blue Sun Zenith and Karn or something? Basically, yeah. Karn and Gideon. So he yeah. just sits back, goes counter, 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 Blue Sun Zenith, like shuffle his deck, Blue Sun Zenith. I'm like, when is he going to kill me? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I kind of like it. I mean, he never leaves himself open <laughs> to Vapor Snag, Phantasmal Image, or Celestial Purge. That's pretty big. <laughs> yeah, because those are all really huge sideboard cards right now. Huge. Yeah, I mean, I've struggled against all of them trying to build control. So my new plan, since there's going to be less counterspells, is I can finally run my zombie apocalypse deck. <laughs> and basically, what I'm going to do is I'm going to run like four zombie apocalypse, and then um, like forbidden alchemy and stuff to just dump zombies in my graveyard, and then just reanimate a whole zombie army. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the humans player you face in the one and three brackets can be really mad. <laughs> <laughs> Even even if it's not humans, and I have like grave grave crawlers and messengers and stuff, I'm just gonna bring them all back. Oh, you sick all of right. getting you're sick of getting your shit pushed in by messengers, eh? So you just need oh, to. Uh... I hate those messengers, man. They're so bad. I mean, they're they're an awesome card, but they're just like, ouch, man. It's obnoxious because, uh, you know, the people that that I and it's probably just like it's me being a, a jerk and just I guess like. I don't want to say undervaluing, but like undervaluing some players, you know, at FNM. So like the, those same players, they just play these messengers and they just free roll these wins. Cause it's like messenger, messenger, clone my messenger. And I'm just like, okay. <laughs> yeah. That zombies deck is annoying because it's like, it's got 12 really good cards and the rest of the deck is like trash, but the deck's really good <laughs> when, you get your, when you get your good cards. <laughs> Or it's like it's the worst when they have like three or four cards in their hand, and you know that like they don't play anything for like three turns, right? And you're like, okay, so that what they have in their hand is like three phantasmal image and a Geth verdict. Oh, so, yeah. so it's like anything I play, they're gonna clone or kill, and it's just like <laughs> this is the worst, right? And then finally they're like, oh, drew a messenger, messenger, clone, clone, clone. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, oh shit, I better put something block, and you're like creature to block and they're like untap guess verdict <laughs> hit you <laughs> oh man yeah for sure i love magic <laughs> <laughs> i i plan to go to scg uh providence and while we've been talking about how we don't want to be playing ramp decks i played ramp twice this uh, at this uh, past weekend at the world cup qualifier and at the ptq uh sadly went 5-0 in the ptq lost to rich and then uh, lost a tight Delver matchup. I didn't feel like... I feel like the ramp deck, actually, the Delver matchup isn't that bad. It really depends on their version of Delver, because I felt really comfortable against uh, uh, the Spirits one, where you can just slagstorm their Dungeon yeah. Geist and all their Captains and whatever. Yeah, they have less permission. Right. The, the one that I was really scared of the most was the Rune Pike version, just because it could kill me out of nowhere. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 thought, I thought the Pike was a garbage card, but like, the versions that play a lot of Thought Scours and, and, and a lot of those instant just really up at work at just like plus seven out of nowhere. And I thought that was that were the tougher versions. I felt Green Sun Zenith, while it's a great card on its own, I felt it was kind of lacking in the ramp deck where I hated to wait to... Like, it was birds or go up to, like, Huntmaster. 
and like somber walled sage is like like a blessing and and with that and cavern souls like i might as well just play this deck uh next weekend yeah yeah i think there's uh a lot of like really good new tools but i don't know where to fit uh with the glimmer post build which which i thought uh i re- really felt good about it. it saved me my ass a bunch of times so it's hard to see where to fit cavern of souls like you said it might be like a two of in the main and two of in the cyborg to replace the glimmer post and the controlless matchups where I don't need the life gain as much. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so. it, it might mean, you know, like switching your slag storms to full amount of whip flares, um, just to reduce your mana requirements a little bit. But I don't know. I mean, you, you have so many like extra mana sources, like Sphere of the Suns and Solemn <laughs> that, that maybe it doesn't matter. Like, would you cut back on Nexuses? Like, I don't even know which lands to cut in the main for them. Um, how many Kessig Wolf runs do you play? Two. It's like two, two Wolf Run, three Nexus, and four Glimmer Post right now, so it's very colorless. Yeah, I guess it wouldn't be out of the question to go to one Wolf Run. Nobody's playing Ghost Quarter, really. Um, and even if they have Ghost Quarter, they're not going to know you only have one copy in your list. Right. Uh, it is, like, often a really nice card to draw, especially in control matchups, but maybe that doesn't matter enough. And Cavern of Souls obviously is really good drawing control matchups as well. Like, Kessig, I only, like, the main reason I love to draw is when I, like, ha- also randomly had a thrun, and then I would just thrun them to death. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess I could cut one. Like, it, it, it was always so good to just draw one and just start uh, racing them. Yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, I, I'm probably going to play Green Rep One Amp and try the, the Somber Wall. Sage. Seems yeah, I think you should play one Sage and one uh, Borderland Ranger. They're really good as a pair because okay. for the times when like you, you think they might have a removal spell, or if you just really need to hit your next land drop, you go for the safe bet Borderland Ranger. Okay. But if you uh, have reason to believe they don't have removal, like maybe you played a Birds of Paradise and they didn't gut shot it, then you know they don't have gut shot. Um, you can go for the Dryad, or the uh, the Sage. Or if you just kind of, like, are in bad shape and need a desperate gambit, you go for, like, the Risky Sage, and if you on top with it, you'll probably win. So I think they're really good as a pair, because, like, you know, having, having the options covers all your bases. Yeah, well, that means I'm back to four green sun for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but how do you, like, and then my last question on rap would be, uh, some some good players that I respect, like Jarvis Yu and, and Brian Gottlieb, uh, that I talked to from time to time, were trying to convince me that Faithless Looting was a good one or two of in the ramp deck, and I just remain, you know, unconvinced, though it, I think it's just fine, but going minus one card, um, but, like, the logic makes so sense. I uh, was, like, pretty close to playing at Pro Tour Hawaii. I had a, a Wolf Run list that played four Faithless Lootings. Oh, okay, um, wow. I, I started, like, oh, like, let me try out this card, you know, as, like, a crazy idea. I tried one Looting, tried two. And not only was it really good, but I found that it was totally fine to draw them in multiples because you would just tr- discard one to the other. Okay, right. And uh, yes, you're down a card, but usually it's a deck where you just like you want to set up that turn four Titan, and once you get that down, you don't need any more cards in your hand. Right, right. So it it's, can be okay to be down a card. Um, but I guess my point was going to be that you kind of have to build the deck with them in mind. I was playing flashback spells, Geist Flame, Ancient Grudge, right. uh, 
and just like a lower number of like some of the key components because I felt like I could find them. Okay. So that's one one option to build Wolf Run. I think it could be really good, but I would be a little bit careful just like inserting Faithless Looting into an existing build, especially if you're if you start pushing your luck on red mana with Cavern of Souls. Right. So I would say stay away from them unless you have time to like test out a build. Yeah. Around four. Well, like you said, with the Borderland Ranger Sage package, I'm just just gonna put those guys because I, I gotta cut stuff now for those pieces, and like, like maybe like I'm probably gonna shave a solemn or whatever, and and yeah, how many probably just you play. Well, I mean, Cedric's list when he top eighted, he he played two, but but I found like I had to go up. I went for four just to be safe at the PTQ, and I was really uh, impressed by them. It allowed me to. To go, actually, I played two tournaments. I went five one against Delver, and uh, was really happy that I went for four Hunt Masters. But yeah, I, I like cut a solemn and cut really, really good. But it could be a card you you shaved for the Green Sun Zenith because like they're kind of similar. Because Zenith can obviously get the Hunt Master. Right, right. I just didn't like it when you know, like I said, I had to go from one to four. But now, like with the option to go one to three and then four, or when, whenever I needed to, would. You know, that makes it a whole lot better, like a whole lot better to be able to like, because you usually turn two ramp and then like now turn three, you have a Zenith. You don't just say go. Yeah, it's actually Zenith for a three drop. And like, I didn't like I wasn't impressed with Daybreak Ranger. I know people were experimenting with the elk at two and I thought that was awful. So (laughs) Yeah, Viridian Emissary, like, is, yeah. used to be okay, but now it just doesn't die. Yeah. <laughs> so, People caught on to that one. <laughs> yeah. That should be good. I should be good for Providence with uh, with that inside read. So, thanks a lot. I'll probably, yeah, I'll probably get no, there. <laughs> I, I love that when we get a guest, KYT is always just has all these personal questions for his deck building <laughs> needs that he always asks. Hey, hey. <laughs> He it's, just re-rolls it every time. <laughs> the other thing that I thought was really funny there is that, so KYT is going to Providence, and no one could figure out why the hell are you going to Providence. And then when you mention the weekend, it's because it's the same fucking weekend as the Pro Tour, so it's going to be like the softest SCG ever. <laughs> it, it's uh, it's one weekend before the Pro Tour. Yeah, I but think. everyone's still going to be on planes going to Barcelona. Yeah, I will be. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, No one goes to SCGs anymore anyways. <laughs> <laughs> the regular ones, the regular ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems oh, like man. like Reed, Reed will only find time in his schedule for the Invitational. <laughs> well, he'll qualify in the local one, right, by just winning the damn thing full out and then just, you know, oh, no, you qualify in fucking writer status anyway. Yeah. God, that's yeah, such yeah, a free yeah. roll. Holy that's shit. That's how Forrest gets in, man. <laughs> <laughs> Sensei. Shout out to Shout Sensei. out to Mike Flores. That's right. Oh, so, Jay, you've joined us. Oh, Mike Flores. Woo. <laughs> it's true. I am here. Nice. Oh, Jay's here. So now we can finally talk about the Garuk and Liliana picture. Yeah. <laughs> God, did we seriously want to do this? No, no, no. no. I'm to- we don't, totally right? trolling. <laughs> okay. I just want to see Jay blow up. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Totally Uh-oh. not doing that. How did I know John would do that? Yeah. So. uh so, Reed, after, like, do you have your schedule planned out for the next little bit in terms of what you're attending after Pro Tour, or are you kind of kind of see how that goes and plan it, play it by ear from there? Uh, it's it's really tough for me to ever look past, like, the day of Pro Tour. It's like, uh, 
you know, I'll just evaluate things as soon as I'm eliminated or whatever from the pro tour. But until then, that's, that's my main focus. Like I, I booked my ticket so that I'd have enough time to, you know, decide to last minute go to the Grand Prix that's right after the pro tour. I don't know if it's in like Minneapolis or something, but, uh, I'll get home in time that I can like hop on a plan to go to that if I decide to. But, um, just really going to see how I feel, see how I could do at the pro tour, I guess. Nice. Well, I hate to, uh, you know, split your focus away from, from this for a minute, but I'm, I'm going to ask if you've been, uh, putting any thoughts into, uh, you know, the modern format at all as of late. The new modern format with absolutely restored. Well, in general. <laughs> um, yeah, to be honest with you, I, I didn't really play modern towards the tail end of the season. Um, but my understanding was all the variants of Urzatron were doing really well, yeah. which made me just want to play like a balls to the wall aggro deck. Just like, <laughs> just like Boros, Step Links, like just, I don't know, fetch lands, burn, kill them on turn four, Blood Moon off the sideboard. I just <laughs> don't really think Urzatron could like ever be prepared to beat a deck like that. Yeah. All right. I ask because, uh, the, the two questions are of course loaded and intertwined. Um, so there's two major GPs that uh, personally I'm attending in the near future. So one is, of course, uh, GP Columbus, which okay. is a uh, modern format towards the end of July. All right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and then, of course, our very own GP Toronto here in, uh, you know, the lustrous uh, city of Toronto. <laughs> um is indeed now been announced it's in December because our Toronto yes. ones are always in the, the end of the year, but it Beautiful. is also modern as well. All right, cool. So like double bonus, eternal non-rotating format, time to go deep. Um, so I, I asked because I actually really enjoyed your black-white tokens uh, endeavor. Oh, I, really? Yeah, I well, the deck I, I thought was just really awesome in, in premise. I think that, you know, Obviously, if Urzatron's a thing, then that's an issue, as was demonstrated through the videos. Yep. Um, but, like, that being said, I mean, AJ took it for a spin on his stream, I think, for a bit, too, and that was interesting. And, you know, I just think it, it is a really powerful archetype I've wanted to play for a while. I've been slowly amassing some of the things that I've been missing and, uh, you know, monitoring lists and so on and so forth. So, um, I mean, I have a bunch of different decks to play, but... I was uh, wondering if uh, you wouldn't mind if, as those events get closer, if we could uh, touch base on a couple ideas. I'd certainly appreciate your wisdom and expertise. Yeah, me too. That'd be awesome. Yeah, uh, that's that's definitely a deck that I would love to play if it turns out to be good. So I'm happy to have somebody to bounce ideas off of. Nice. Yeah. So if you uh, and if you end up making it to those events, that would be like super double sick, right? Yeah, I'll be there, especially Toronto for sure. Nice. Well, that's even more epic. See, more reason for you guys to come into town for Christmas. <laughs> Sick. All right, good. Um, so what else do we have for uh, Mr. Duke? Hmm. Mr. Duke, how can we grill him tonight? Can I have a muffin? <laughs> can I have a muffin? Yo, I'll bring you guys all muffins when I come to Toronto. Sick. <laughs> Nicest guy in magic. Oh, man. We're totally going to replace MTG Mom with this guy. Yeah. <laughs> Finally. On her territory. <laughs> I, was, I was telling my wife today. She's like, so what's going on with the show tonight? And I'm like, oh, we've got Reed Duke on. She's like, Reed Duke? I'm like, yeah. 
he's, you know, just like this awesome Magic Online guy that totally, you know, pistol whipped everybody at Nashville the other week. And, uh, oh, also honorary Canadian because he's the nicest guy in Magic. <laughs> well, that's nice. <laughs> Anyways. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad to be part of the club. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, here, okay, I'll, I'll ask Reed a question because, yeah. uh, I'll just pull a KYT and just ask like personal questions about deck building. Why not? Yeah. Um, <laughs> All right, uh, Reed. Should I wear the yellow shirt or the uh, purple shirt? Yeah. Tomorrow? What did, 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 did you think that Jerry's accents that he put on with the dress in Birmingham? Do you think that was too much? You know, was it enough? <laughs> oh, I uh, I missed that to be honest with you. I'm, oh man. So uh, uh, I don't understand why they both wore dresses. You didn't watch the video series. No. no, well, no, well, I, I do. I knew all about the bed. I didn't see them actually like live wearing the dresses, though. Oh, okay. I was it. It was hilarious. It was. It was <laughs> actually just hilarious. I, I right. knew that. I knew that one. The loser was supposed to wear a dress. So, so my my statement about watching the videos was directed to you. So you didn't watch the video series. No. Okay. So basically what happened was, is Jerry won the first one. They decided because they wanted to get it out of the way for Birmingham, they moved up to two out of three, and. Then they were at one each uh, after the second round. And then third round, apparently, like, they were playing with the new Avacyn Restored cards. Uh, Brad put together his Gristlebrand looting, like, Gristlebrand looting. Necroticus, right? Necroticus combo deck or whatever. Yep. And apparently fucking spanked Jerry 3-0. Uh, but then the video file mysteriously went missing. So they had to basically re-record it because they weren't going to not record it, right? It was pretty sick. Yeah. Um, so basically they agreed to say, okay, well, Jerry's wearing a dress anyway, but if Jerry wins the last one that goes on tape, then Brad will wear a dress too. And oh, if, sounds like a lot of finagling. But if Brad wins, but if Brad wins, it then, sounds like they both knew they were, they wanted to wear dresses from the start. It's, a, it's, yeah. <laughs> it sounds yeah, like an yeah. excuse. It sounds like someone gamed the system there a little bit. <laughs> so. So, anyways, what I'm next, gonna ask next time it's gonna be winner gets to wear a dress. So <laughs> dress to wear normal yeah, that'll stop all this this uh, this tomfoolery. <laughs> so, okay, so I'm building a so I'm building a deck for my buddy for F and M to is tomorrow? No, tomorrow's Thursday, right? It's two days. Yeah. I know. It's yeah, yeah. Okay, you guys are messing me up with this recording on on the off day. Sorry. Um, so, uh, so I'm building a deck for my friend for F and M. Uh, I shipped most of my standard cards to legitmtg.com. And did you get twenty percent on that trade in? Uh I actually did not. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But but you guys will if you trade cards in. <laughs> <laughs> it it's funny because I'm going over I'm talking to writers about writing for legit, you know? And uh my 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 favorite thing to say is look, I write for free. Okay. <laughs> legit doesn't pay me anything to write. So whatever we're giving you is more than I'm getting. <laughs> so um so I have only very, I have very limited card pool right now. So this uh, this guy is uh, he wants to play F and M. So I'm building him a white red token deck. Okay, nice. And, okay, and I, well, I'm splashing black for lingering cells, but I guess I'm really maybe I just don't need red. Chandra the so, Firebrand, do the right yeah. thing. Uh, that's kind of interesting, actually. Mid- well, yeah, my my let- brother's been playing that Midnight Haunting. Chandler the okay. Firebrand. It's fun. This is weird. Okay, <laughs> Let, let's get to that. Here, here's the deck list so sure. far. Okay, here's what I got so far. I have uh, four Midnight Haunting, four Lingering Souls, uh, four Gathered Townsfolk, uh, two Oblivion Ring, 
four intangible virtue, two little Macchaeus, four champion of the parish, four doom blade or doom blade, doom traveler. <laughs> and then I have uh four hell rider. And then I have some flex spots. Hmm. Okay. That's, that's uh, sounds like a pretty good deck. What, 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 like what, how, where, where should we go with this? Like I wanted to incorporate a couple of, uh, Want to put a couple of uh, Grim Lavamancers in there. One of the reasons I wanted to run red, but I don't know if that uh, Rally the Peasants or whatever is probably just better, or Brimstone Volley or something, you know? Yeah. Um, your curve ends at Hellrider right now, right? Yep. So you could probably afford some some kind of extra, like, four or five mana spell, or a finisher card like Rally the Peasants. Um, what could be the best one? How, how much black mana are you going to have? Uh, I'm going to have uh, one Swamp. And then uh, I have uh, four Evolving Wilds and four Isolated Chapels. Okay. I was thinking of going three Evolving Wilds. Um, yeah, that's probably, that's probably plenty for someone. Yeah, especially if it's just one or two copies. Yeah. What do you think? Like, I should add one or two copies of Soren? Yeah, I like Soren. The other option is just cutting the red. Hellrider just seems so good in a deck like this, though. Yeah, uh, burns, not that bad. Um, maybe like incinerate or something, or just galvanic blast. I don't know. It de- depends how you think you're. You'll be able to handle a flip delver. I mean, you could definitely block it with your tokens. But yeah, I'm maybe not, yeah. just having a, having a way to get like a problematic creature off the board it would be important. Well, that's why I like the grim lava mancer for like a flip delver. I'm really not super worried about a flip delver, but like lava mancer seems to like clear the board of like little things and then I'm just hoping that bigger things I'm just going to fly over. I mean, I'm running a red white deck with the black splash. So I can't really like, you know, try to just handle bigger things. I just want to try to kill them before. Yeah. So what do you have? What do you have? That's going to be in the graveyard evolving wilds, midnight haunting. You don't really want to. Yeah, I guess, I guess I just have, I guess I have that in dudes. Yeah. Lava Mancer is pretty sucky then. What about the, I guess the, Maybe if I just run like one Soren and like two Rally the Peasants or something. I, I like that idea. Yeah, because I'm also like, I don't know. I'm not, I, I never played with Soren except for in like my junk EDH deck or whatever. And I really, I'm just not a big Soren fan. Like, I don't know. I know, I know Scott has a big broner for, uh, for Soren. <laughs> a broner? <laughs> He's got a big broner for Soren, uh, but, uh, <laughs> But so yeah, so so you think you think cut the lava mancers, and uh, and go for like two rally the pre- peasants and a Soren. Yeah, what about Elspeth Terrell? Too much, you think? I, I could go with that. What do you do? You think I run twenty four lands, twenty three lands? What where where do I want to be on that? Uh, definitely think... twenty twenty three is too few. Twenty four sounds good. If okay. you're only running the one five drop. And the bulk of your curve is sitting in the twos and threes, then your twenty four will be fine. But I find that I found that if you're gonna run like any bulk of four drops and f- like a couple two to three five drops, you really want the twenty fifth land, especially if you're running the full four um uh fetches. Whatever the fucking yeah, evolving wilds. Evolving wilds, yeah. Because they're like although they seem really great early to fix your mana, they're actually just reducing the chance that you're going to draw a land later. Oh, I see. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So if you're going to run the multiple fives, I like the 25 you probably should go with. Yeah, also, like, your your colored mana is not going to be that great. Um, so just having 
more variety of lands to play on each turn. You know, like there might be a turn where you, you really want to hit your land so you can like play your untapped land and save your evolving wilds because you have the option. So having having more is not necessarily bad. Also, you could play Vault of the Archangel. Yeah, the cards, the cards are dick. There yeah, is I, that card. Mm, I'm all, I, I'm all on one of those. I posted uh, <laughs> my black white humans list that I've been running uh, in testing since uh, restored, uh, spoiled, and it's got uh, the good old, good old land in there. It's black white humans list, and it's it's pretty intense. That that deck's insane. It's like turn three, smash you for ten. It's pretty good. Yeah, I like the idea a lot. Yeah, so sick. Yeah, it's that. funny. I, I'm uh, I'm telling him what cards to get me from the from the shop, and uh, he goes. I tell him three foil intangible virtues, right? And he goes, uh, "Why foil? I hate foil." <laughs> and I'm like, "I got bad news for you, bro. My whole deck's foil." <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh man, so cool. We did a little uh, a little. Uh, Black, white, slash red tokens here. Uh, I'll give you guys a tournament report. At the oh, end. man, Smitty was back on the cast? Oh. <laughs> I'm doing my best to channel Smitty. I, I, I you guys don't understand, man. This card is the best. I don't know Main deckable in every matchup. Main deckable. <laughs> oh, Jay, I don't know if he's Smitty or Lansdale. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Can't tell them apart sometimes. Oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna punch you. In That's the mouth. actually true. That's actually true. <laughs> Don't start with me, dude. I'm gonna unfollow all you bastards on Twitter right oh, now. No. Starting with Jay Booch. Oh, oh my god. Oh man, <laughs> you and Deeple Sticks can have a douchebag parade. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. So Reed, when are you gonna get onto Twitter and join these inside conversations? He's on Twitter. Shut up. Get with the program. I'm on Fuck, Twitter. Fuck off. Oh, You're not. Oh, oh, like that's old news. Bro. Oh my god, yeah, my life like, is over. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I'm a, I, I do have a Twitter account. I'm not that good with it though. At first, I was like, oh, everybody's gonna be disappointed because like I don't really have like, you know, deep insightful comments to post. <laughs> but then after a while, I realized nobody on Twitter has deep insightful comments to post. <laughs> except for, like, He's like, yeah. then I spent an hour reading Twitter and realized that all these guys are idiots. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Brian Kibler, stuck in traffic. Ugh. Uh, Alright. <laughs> glad, uh, glad I could be part of the most boring portion of somebody else's day. <laughs> so, uh... That guy. Yeah, you guys should ask me, like, magic questions on Twitter, because I, I really like talking about magic a lot more than, like, my boring everyday life. <laughs> that's, uh, that's to everybody listening, too. So, do you, uh, do you happen to answer your Twitter more regularly than your Facebook messages? Uh, oh, yeah, dagger! So I, uh, Shit! <laughs> yeah, I'll try, to, I'll try to do a better job with both. Alright, cool. <laughs> oh, stop bitching, Scott. Stop <laughs> hey, uh, what is your Twitter so other people know? It's at Reed Duke, all one word. <laughs> that's, your, that's your Twitter, Scott? No. Nope. You snipe Reed Duke's Twitter? No, nope, that's Reed Duke's Twitter. <laughs> I just, sell it to a I just followed Reed Duke. Oh, Why don't you spell it? Because they might be like R E A D. Reading uh, Dukes. At R E I D D U K E. Although somebody mentioned to me, they, they told me today I should have been Tweeter Rabbit. That would have been oh, nuts. man. That's pretty, that's yeah, pretty it's, awesome. It's like horrible. I need to think before I do things. That would have been a good. Man. I need to think before I do things. 
<laughs> I said, was it Owen Tweetenwald that mentioned that to you? No, Brandon Ross. He was like, oh. this guy should be my manager. Million dollars. <laughs> Shout out to Brandon Ross. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. KYT, you have a legacy question? Oh, yes, because... Uh... Well, I'm going to have to choose a legacy deck for, for obviously the second day of SCG Providence. and Is Abyssin out by then? Yeah, yeah. One yeah, of Medina's tweets. Temporal Mastery, don't you? What the fuck? One of, Shut one up of about Temporal Mastery, No, man. You, play, you play Reanimator with Grizzlebrand. No, no, he said Dredge with oh, Grizzlebrand. That's filthy. <laughs> filthy. <laughs> infinite turns. No, no, no. Dredge with Grizzlebrand is actually filthy. No. <laughs> Think oh, about God, it. Yeah. Also, Medina, oh, what do you mean? Think about it. This is not brand new information. By the way, I know you only play in a limited. dredge deck. In a dredge deck, where you draw seven cards. That's <laughs> think about it. Just everybody for a minute. Just think about how good that is. Think that's about like it. as good as Torp or main deck. Okay, hey, isn't uh, isn't faithless looting really good in that deck because you get to draw three cards or draw yeah. two cards? Yeah. See, think about drawing, it, Scotty. Instead of think. drawing, you'll dredge. You see? Yeah, yeah. So then you dredge more. You get yeah. it, guys? Oh, I, man. I think I watched Adam Prozac do that once. Drawing, dredging. Don't act like you knew, Jay. All right? But you hey, uh, it up on Google. Isn't, isn't having Grizzlebrand in play really good for any deck? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> like, you could just draw seven cards from the top of your library if you wanted and probably win the game. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, Reed. You're not thinking about it enough. Okay, Medina's right here. Okay, I'm he's always right. Man. He is a visionary. Hey, hey when you were in here, Jay, when you were in here, <laughs> you talked you here, a whole lot. I bet. No, Reed Duke was saying I had good input, so you just butt out, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm validated by what Reed Duke said. Sound, okay. Sounds good, Ray Romano. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh man. Anyway, KYT, you ask Reed Duke your question. About legacy that doesn't involve temporal mastery or no, I was I was asking Medina because he tweeted it and I thought it was a interesting tweet. Dredge okay. is uh, is still very good in legacy and and then having uh, having Grizzlebrand is pretty sick. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, I'm all for it. Um, I did I played Dredge this week at a legacy tournament and uh, I asked my legacy experts, um, Mark Sun, <laughs> Mark Sun and uh, and Drew Levin. Tom. So I sent him the Drew Levin had tweeted about a legacy list that was boarding into uh Painter Grindstone. Have you heard about this? No, so what is it? Okay, so basically Tell it's us. a it's a dredge list that basically all its whole sideboard is painter grindstone. It's like four enlightened tutor, four painter, four grindstone, and three unmask. And this got ninth at two Star City events. The exact same deck. So okay. I was all pumped to try this because I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm going to totally blow people's mind with a transformative sideboard. So, uh, <laughs> so I took this to... <laughs> Sounds good, Lan Jesse Lansdale. Keep going. Uh, okay. So anyways, president of the Gnome Society, why don't you shut up and let me finish my story? <laughs> so, uh... Kids, if I've got to pull this car over to the side of the road, I will fucking turn this car around, okay? Freaking Jay Bush, man. He's cramping my style. <laughs> yeah. That's right. So, so anyways, I placed at a local legacy, and it did not go well. It's a long story short. So, if you're gonna run Dredge, run it with Gristlebrand, and run it with a with a like anti hate package in the sideboard, and not the uh, the Painter Grindstone package, because uh, that just kind of sucked. It, I actually just lost many times, like because 
I couldn't actually play the spells. So like yeah. I'd be like I'd be like, okay, I have three um whatever that stupid uh paradise card is, uh undiscovered paradise. So I have three <laughs> undiscovered paradise and I have like grindstone painter in my hand, right? And I just need like an LED or whatever, or even just to play three lands that don't get returned to my hand. So then I'd be like, grindstone, oh my land returns, play my land, go. And then I'm like, okay, play my other land, painter, okay, my land's returned. Okay, play a hope hope to draw a lion's eye diamond. It was just miserable. And then they would just kill me before I could actually activate it. <laughs> yeah, transform sideboards are not the way to go ever. <laughs> ever. <laughs> ever. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. So, uh, so yeah, but the other thing I had to tell you about Dredge is you should play it a lot. Because yeah, like practice uh, with it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I've I've tried to play Dread, but I've struggled. Yeah, like you, it looks like an easy deck, and that's what I thought when I first started playing it. I'm just like, oh, it's Dread. It's like auto win, right? And there's so many decisions, and it's very grindy. There's Some a lot of, the of plugin decisions are really tough too. Yeah, yeah. Believe it or not, you just can't like just auto keep hands and stuff. <laughs> That'd be so, sweet. Yeah, so it's like it's very grindy as well, like as far as like combat math and trying to make sure like you're not going to kill one of their dudes so they don't remove your bridges or maybe you have to kill one of their dude and lose your bridges and then try to like rebound. Like there's all kinds of decisions. So like if you're looking for an easy deck to pick up, don't don't do the dredge thing. Like it's something you need to like play a lot to get the hang of it. Yeah, it's like it's that. a whole nother it's a whole nother like way to play magic. Like so many times this weekend, I play dredge quite a bit now. Uh, so many times, even this weekend, I went to draw a card and almost like peeled it, just because it's just hab it's habitual to be like, oh, peel a card, you know. So you just have to like it's just even the the way to play it is uh is really it's annoying. okay though. But like if you forget once your other six, you can remember you know when you draw seven. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. So what yeah, should so I play, John? <laughs> for, for Legacy? Yeah. Well, um, what's what's wrong with Maverick? You don't like that deck? Oh no, I like that deck just fine. Uh, that deck is is fine. You know, it's a, it's a solid performer and with uh, or without Punishing Fire. Without, okay. I, I like I like Talia. I like a heavy Talia build, and uh, you know, I, I'd run that. That seems pretty pretty sweet. Uh, I don't like the deck to run. Like I don't like playing with it. I think. You know, it's just not an exciting deck for me. I'd prefer like Bant, um, but I I think that Maverick is is probably a better deck because okay. it just it attacks so many decks from so many angles. You know what I mean? Like with the Gaddic T, the Green Sunsians package for like um, uh, the ooze, scavenging ooze, the ooze, the ooze. Um, Knights of the Reliquary are great cards. They offer a toolbox in itself. You know, it's just very. Uh, it's got a lot of answers. So, you should play Natural Order. It's uh, sick right now. You could you could do Elves with Natural Order for that new uh, Bohemoth. Oh yeah, and, the Crater Hoof. Yeah, Crater Hoof. So you could just like play a bunch of Elves and then Natural Order and kill them. Also, KYT, if you're remotely interested in learning how to play with Natural Order Rug in Legacy, you can go to StarCityGames.com, and if you are a premium <laughs> subscriber, you can actually click on Reed Duke's playtest videos. Reed Duke himself, the man in front of you, is this playing this deck. This is a guy you don't deck. get to hear from often. Oh, I know. How often? <laughs> 
can't even do it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Or you could just Facebook message him because he'll probably respond to you over Scott. <laughs> yeah, and it, and you know what? And at the worst case, he responds all the time. I mean, three months later sometimes, but that's okay. He'll get back to you. <laughs> the nicest man in magic is busy. <laughs> <laughs> Making muffins, apparently. <laughs> oh, he's got his little uh, his little apron on. It says Easy nicest bake man oven. in magic. <laughs> Easy bake oven on the airplane. Bacon muffins. We should oh, make man. that apron, Medina. <laughs> yeah, I should do that because I make aprons. <laughs> There's call the family a, uh, a niche in the market now that you know Megan's not around as much. Somebody's somebody's got to bake. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll get a I'll get an agent to fill her spot, and hey, she, that person will go. be an agent of legit MTG. So I'll just get somebody. I'll hire them to be the new Megan, and I'll just market them. <laughs> oh, MTG Mom 2.0. <laughs> she brings muffins and donuts. Yeah. Oh my God. Read. So like I'm flipping through your article here. Like Sigarda, host of Herons, card you haven't talked about yet. Talk to us about that. Well, it's really sick that she's a Green Sun Zenith target. Like if she was just white, white too, she she might have a lot less use than she does now. Um, but it's like just a super powerful and unique card. Um, a lot of decks are gonna have trouble with it, like in any format, even you know, like a couple of years from now. So it's just for something the, to always for the listeners it. that that haven't gone to the spoiler like yet. Can someone Do say it. what it does? <laughs> yeah, Sigarda, white, white, green, and two, so five mana, five, five, flying, hexproof, and spells and abilities your opponent's control can't cause you to sacrifice. Uh, maybe permanence, but maybe it's creatures. It's permanence. It's permanence. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's pretty good. Um, like five, five, flying, hexproof for five. Pretty insane, and then decks that depend on like edict effects, you know, like Liliana, Barter, and Blood, Tribute to Hunger. Those all don't do anything against against you anymore. Sweet. Oh wait, and she's a five-five flyer. Yeah. Oh man, it's pretty good. Um. So the five <laughs> slot used to be like if if you want a Green Sun Zenith, you go for Acidic Slime, which is like okay, but it's not really a game winner. But Sigarda, it's like. A lot, a lot of times against a lot of decks, you just plop her out there and uh, just you don't have to do anything for the rest of the game. All you have to do is attack. Also, with Cavern of Souls, like blue black control right now is just stone cold. Like has no way to beat it. Yeah, it's like a better Thrun. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh man, that's sweet. That's that's so sweet. Over Grave Titan. Yeah. I, w- I want one of those for my my birthing pod deck. Yeah, that was the uh, the list I offered in the article. Is like uh, birthing pod, wolf run ramp, and Sigarda's Sigarda's like a five drop either for birthing pod or Green Sun Zenith. That's I'm gonna awesome. have to take out like the twelve mana leaks in my deck that I, everybody's playing. <laughs> oh man, if you're playing twelve mana leaks, you well, how do you think just... I want a box? I don't know, man. Boarding out your Delvers, apparently. Yeah. Boarding in more Mana Leaks, because Mana Leak is the most overpowered card in all of time. <laughs> so, I mean, oh, you know, man. they got to print cards like this. We're I'm never going like... to hear the end of winning a Mox, all right? We have Reed Duke on the cast, and, and Jay's like, my opinion matters because I want a Mox. Jay, my you God. want a Mox? What's, what's mox? your name on Magic Online? <laughs> oh, 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 it's actually Mayor underscore Gnome Society. No. <laughs> Sorry, what did you ask, Reed? 
I said, what's your name on Magic Online? On Magic Online, it's Jaybush. It's the same as on Twitter. So, so oh, you know, congratulations. But it's not, it's not a Mox M O C S that they're talking. About. Sorry. Oh, it's a Mox. Mox like Mox Emeralds. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, fuck you, Medina. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I love you, Jay Bruce. <laughs> so, Jay, give us the 30-second uh, tournament report. What, how, how was it? What did you play? 12 Mana League, so it must have I been. played 12 Mana League Delver, yeah. Oh, Delver. Oh, you played Delver. Okay. <laughs> yeah, played Which is why you had 12 Mana Leagues. <laughs> I played Filthy Delver. Yeah, I did, I did. Um, and yeah, I did pretty good. I mean, the the match I I screwed up in the last episode when I talked about it, but the the my favorite match was playing against Simon uh, Simon Lee because he was actually oh. really fun. And the hardest match that I had to play against was uh, against Cody Crossman, who's like a local. Uh, he's actually a pretty Super good player. Star. He's been to some GPS and he grinds moxes and shit online, like the the moto moxes. Sorry, and uh, he like he actually did really well. Uh, and it was really tough matches. He was playing Esper Spirits, which is like, this should That's be Delver. Yeah. yeah. But I got lucky and he only cast four Lingering Souls in one game. And then, <laughs> and then I cut Double Sword somehow on an Invisible Stalker and he had the Day of Judgment. So I got super lucky and did not die to his 58 fucking Lingering Souls. So, nice. and then he just bricked land and I was like, woohoo! Any card, any card is live! Woohoo! <laughs> that was the best. Especially with 12 mana leaks. <laughs> Fuck. Didn't draw a single one, though. Yeah, you couldn't counter that one day of judgment. Nice mana leaks, bro. I know. I was fucking. <laughs> I, was, I was actually playing a pre banned version to see what Zach Hill was talking about. I wanted to see what it was like. If mana leak was banned, turns out the format's pretty wide open all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> turns out it is wide open. I think if they banned Vapor Snake, the format's wide open. <laughs> yeah, agree. yeah. Nobody would play Unsummon, right? So, I have to admit, when I first saw the list and it was Vapor Snake, I'm like, "What is this card? Yeah. Are you kidding Phil, me? Phil Unsummon?" <laughs> yeah, and like the, the actually the like the to be honest, the real reason that I didn't play Delver for a long time was because I was like, "I don't have a deck to play." Hey, how much is these ponders? Five dollars. What the fuck? <laughs> All right, just give me some vapor snags. You got any vapor snags? Two dollars. What the fuck is going on here? <laughs> All right. How about foil detaxium probe? Eight dollars. Eight dollars. Eight dollars. Okay. All right. I'm gonna play this precon. It will cost me twelve dollars. It has a ponder in it. Sweet. <laughs> like, that's fucking crazy. Talk. Actually, the precon doesn't have the ponders. It has preordains. Right. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Worse. So you had to actually buy ponders. Then. Yeah, so I still had to buy ponders. But I'm not doing F and M Heroes, so. Oh, man. I didn't actually care about that. I just cheated and preordained. And all the noobs were like, what card is that? I'm like, it's pretty good. And anyways. <laughs> yeah. No, it's good, because if you get it in foreign language, too, they're just like, no, it's just, it's just ponder. It's just ponder. It's alternate art Chinese ponder. Yeah. Oh man, the worst is when you have an alternate language card that you actually don't know what it does. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like cryptic command. Like, <laughs> I always run like foreign language foil cards or whatever. So last night I was playing uh, e- uh what is it, uh, EDH, and I-, I have a new general like mono blue Tefri EDH. Yeah, I know I'm a real fun fun guy to play. With. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just so you guys know, like John's John's favorite deck in EDH so far. 
is mono red land destruction. Yeah. <laughs> John, John, John plays John plays to fairy, and his favorite cards are fabricate and knowledge pool. That, yeah. That's my, John. My, oh man, I should put a fabricate in there and show and tell. It's even yeah. worse. Wait a minute. I like the land destruction deck. What do you do in a chaos game? You just choose one person to go after? It's like, no, no, no right, like, Stone Raid Scott's Forest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, Scott. <laughs> like, fuck you, Scott. Yeah. And like, he doesn't want to win the game by beating you. He just wants to win the game by you quitting yeah. and, then, and then swearing at him. Yeah. No, my favorite deck right now is my zombie deck, obviously, with zombie apocalypse for the win. Uh, but, uh, I did have a mono red deck that blew up lands with like uh you know boom and bust and like obliterate Keldon fire bombers. Yeah, and and so you just do that. You basically it was a it, it relied on uh forge forge master. <laughs> so like I would just forge master in a uh, blight steel. So I'd blow one guy's lands up and then I'd forge master a blight steel and kill the other guy with lands. And then I would just grind the guy with no lands or whatever. So anyways, that's a pretty, it's a pretty long grind when you just kill him the next turn with your yeah, lightsteel. Yeah, super long grind. <laughs> so, like, I was playing last night, and, uh, yeah, you guessed it, Scott. I have knowledge pool in the deck because I heard that was a lock with Tefri, right? But I had never actually done it. So I didn't actually know what the card did, and we were playing with a judge. <laughs> oh, God. So I'm like, play this knowledge pool. You guys lose yet? <laughs> and, and the judge is like, actually, he can cast his general. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, he could cast a general because it's from the command zone and not from his hand. So, like, I pick up my knowledge pool of read. I'm like, oh, shit, it's spoiled Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I have to trust this judge. I'm like, shit. all right, you get it this time. And then I'm like, so wait a second. I can play my Tefri without it going to the knowledge pool? And he's like, yes. And I'm like, oh, sweet. So then, like, my Tefri died. And then I'm like, end of turn Tefri. And they're like, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, all right. I guess I win. So yeah. yeah, it was it was sick. My my new EH deck is pretty hot. I like it. Um, you know, mono blue. Pretty happy with it. Sweet. Reed, do you play commander at all? Uh I'm like uh or I'll I'll play when I borrow a deck. Yeah. But um I'm I'm kinda like too competitive with it. For for starters, I spend like it, you know, whenever I try to build a deck, I spend, like, five days, like, writing it out, like, making every card perfect, just being, like, way too anal <laughs> than, like, you're supposed to be for, for EDH or Commander. Uh, but also, yeah, it's, like, when I played, my general was Braids, and it was just, like, soaring, like, Braids. Blue, blue, blue Braids? Like, everybody, everybody just, like, didn't want to play with me, you know? No, it was no, Black Braids before black I got banned. Did, did that get banned or something? Yes, yeah, it got yes. banned. <laughs> All right, yeah, probably because of me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like did that. Sheldon, he hasn't like Reed has no idea who this Sheldon guy is. He's just like some angry guy named Sheldon just got really mad, and then he said, "He said you'll rule the day, you'll rule the day, bitch." So much for the nicest guy in Magic. He's over here playing braids on turn two. Dick. <laughs> you ever looked at coverage pictures of Reed when he's playing Magic? Like, he's one hundred percent not the nicest guy in the world. Reed, you know is this true? I don't care. I don't care what happens. There's no way Reed Duke could ever intimidate me. I've seen <laughs> pictures of the guy. There's no way. I don't, I don't care how like... intense he gets when he plays magic. <laughs> I want to see what well, happens if I Google Reed Duke. What are they like? What are they like? Reed well, Duke. Google it's search. It's like the pinnacle of focus. Like it's almost like images of Reed Duke. It's almost Holy like you fuck. Could... Is that what you look like? Yeah. <laughs> 
Wait, I gotta see this. Like I, haven't, I haven't really looked at pictures of Reed Duke either. He looks like just like a young, attractive movie star. <laughs> you look like exactly. You don't. You don't look like a calm, cool, collected bear. You oh man, like, he, he, he looks like, like a, a skateboarder. Like, he looks like yeah. Tony Hawk. <laughs> looks like Tony Hawk, but better. <laughs> oh man, Scott, I will not allow you to fucking drag Reed Duke's sweet, sweet face through the mud. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't say he looked like Adam Barnella for Christ's sakes. I just said that at he this, looks look like. Smile. I got a picture of him standing in front of the Star City Games logo. Just that's give not him a playing smile. magic. Just make it moist. <laughs> oh, oh my fuck, Reed Duke. Oh my god. <laughs> Jay, Hometown Jay, sugar Jay's, loaf. Jay's gonna be yeah, like, he's, he's like magic. He's like magic Zach Efron. That's what that's what he is. <laughs> oh man, that's an insult. Don't fucking throw that shit around. Come Zach on. Efron's awesome, dude. Don't get me started, man. Oh my Don't god. Don't get me started, Salsa dude. Medina. Salsa, Salsa Medina. <laughs> oh man. Can I just make mention that there were entirely too many pictures of Todd Anderson in the Nashville coverage? <laughs> uh what do you mean the Nashville coverage? From GP Nashville. The oh, I didn't that, look the at the one coverage. that Reed like demolished. And there's all kinds of pictures of Todd Anderson? Yeah. And Reed. Yeah. Well, Todd Todd got second. Yeah, that that might be why. Wait, is that the one where he was like, hey, bro, let's draw? Uh, yeah. That was the okay. one. Sorry, too soon? <laughs> 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 oh, shut up. Come on, guys. <laughs> Don't, yeah, but did you hear about him this weekend? He's like, he's like Drew into ninth just to reset the karma. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, don't give me the silent treatment. Everyone's thinking it. Come on. <laughs> so wait, there's uh yeah, I like this picture of Todd Anderson where he has his arms crossed in front of the Star City, and he's like no sirring the camera. That's my favorite. Okay. Just so you guys know. I'm going to have to open the Nashville coverage to see. <laughs> Reed Duke, are you, what do you do for a regular job? He's a he's, jeweler. He's a jeweler's apprentice. Good memory, what guys. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> this, what the fuck are we talking about this dumb shit for? Talk Wait, I have, I have to say something real quick. A, a jeweler's apprentice? Real quick, <laughs> we have to interrupt the cast for this special report. Scott McCollum. Hi, birthday. It's his birthday right now. Happy, Yo, birthday. happy birthday, Scott. Happy birthday, Thanks, Scott. Yo, it, happy is, birthday, it is my birthday. Scott. Thank you. Yeah. I didn't realize that 57-year-olds could still produce enough sperm to have kids. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that you're still alive when your daughter is 18. So, How old are you, Scott? I am, like 90. I'm 33. Whoa. Fire. Yeah. No, I'm going to ask your wife. You're not 33. I swear to God, I was born in 1979, <laughs> dick. Whatever, you're just full of shit. You're a bullshitter. Yeah, can't bullshit a bullshitter. Uh, so now I can finally open this picture of Reed Duke. Yep. He's got a sweet bowl cut. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man, this is, yeah. this is Zac Efron hardcore. That's probably dude. to keep his hair out of his eyes while he's making your jewelry, ladies. <laughs> Oh, he is crafting the rings that you put on your fingers. That's got to be a good line at the bar, you know? They're like, what do you do for a living? I make jewelry. 
Whoa! I make women's dreams come true. I make ladies' dreams come true. Yeah, exactly. And they're like, what? And like, I make wedding rings, bitch. <laughs> but she can't hear you. Over all the slurping noises. <laughs> oh, hey, that's objectifying the women. And I, I'm offended by that. <laughs> what? How is that objectifying women? <laughs> Who's your editor? You're Who's your editor? I want to talk to your editor, Jake. I'm objecting you. So do we want to move to shoutouts? Unless, uh, Reed, there's anything that you'd like to, like, plug or, you know, pimp or otherwise make the public aware of? Uh, no, I think you guys did a good good job of that, uh, talking about my article and stuff. Uh, I feel good. Sweet. All, <laughs> All right. right. So, uh, so, so, Reed, anyone you'd like to give a shout-out to? Uh, yeah. Shout-out to my buddy uh, Max Brown. Because he was like with me for all of Nashville, showing his support and stuff, watching my matches. And also, he's a big podcast guy. Maybe, maybe the only one who has the patience to sit and listen to me talk for an hour. So, uh, shout out to Max Brown. Cool. All right. So, uh, shout out to all of you guys. Wish me happy birthday. Shout out to Jack Lacroix, who was the first community member to actually wish me happy birthday. So thanks to that guy. Uh, my beautiful wife who came down right at midnight to uh, wish me a happy birthday. Very awesome. Jack LaCroix? Jack LaCroix. Yep. Um, How come he says his name like that, but like Patrick Waugh is Patrick Waugh? <laughs> I have no idea. He says it like LaCroix? No. He says LaCroix. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> like some fucking dipshit from Alabama. No idea. Anyways. Um... No comment. Reed, thanks. <laughs> Honestly, shout out to you for coming on. Uh, it's it's always awesome to have you. You like we said. I mean, you're you're completely down to earth and uh, love to mix it up with us. And uh, you know, don't laugh at us for being total dirtles. So that's pretty sweet. No, it's awesome uh, being on. Yeah, had a good time. Um, and then otherwise, uh, shout out to LSV. Um, just because he has, he has the come sweetest on. yearbook picture. He- <laughs> And shout out to Big Head Joe for that one too. Oh man, I haven't seen this. Where can oh, I see this? On Twitter, they're hilarious. Joey, oh, uh, Joey so posted good. some insane ones. Uh, shout out to uh, Mike Flores and Joey Pasco for doing such an unbelievable job. They apparently were hitting records with their viewerships uh, for the Star City Games live coverage last weekend. They were doing a really, really good job. Flores was like on point. Uh, they were going way off, way too far, but you still had the the traditional Flores passion without the random tangents. So it was pretty sweet. Um, shout out to the Beamy who ended up winning like three months of premium. So that was cool. Uh, shout out to Jerry and Brad who also still haven't come on the show yet together. So guys, do the right thing. And uh, shout out to. Face-to-facegames.com for having such sick pre-order uh, pricing. Pass a pass. And shout out to anyone that I missed. Love y'all. Thanks. Uh, KYT Go. Okay. Happy birthday, Scott, first of all. Thanks. It's been uh, it's been roughly, almost roughly two years since uh, we first started talking and started this whole adventure. So here's hoping for more. Um, shouts to Reed. Thank you so much. Scott, I said it. Everything that I would want to say about you, down to earth, and uh, love, love you on the show with us. Um, Shouts to everyone that has helped me 
once again for this week for making uh, some big decisions about my future in Magic. Special shout-outs to Flores, who actually spent the time, spent an hour of his time to tell me uh, what I should be doing, and it, it, it's led me in the right direction. So he basically said what Medina has said to me, but in a more... <laughs> Way. <laughs> a, a Floresian with a Floresian uh, flourish yeah. so special shout outs to him and uh, yeah like Scott said he did hit the record for on the legacy day too uh, in terms of viewers and uh, that's my shout outs for uh, this episode and because of that we're going to have him back on next week so <laughs> you guys get ready for a Flores episode because we know you love that <laughs> I love him. I, I genuinely do, but uh doesn't seem like the team crowd is uh, very uh, receptive. I'm just joking, guys. You guys can come back and listen next week. I'm totally joking. <laughs> Are we never having him on? You just, ever? Kyle, name it ep- like Flores episode three, and then no one will click on it. <laughs> we're like, we're here with Flike Morris. Uh, <laughs> but it has one of the best lines ever. That has the, the Medina line. <laughs> Which line? <laughs> the one I keep repeating that Jay says. And you know who hasn't taught me shit? Jonathan <laughs> Medina. That one taught me shit. <laughs> I love- yeah, that's a good line. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead john or uh or jay i'm done uh i'll go jay can wait um i'll give a shout out to skate zombie uh that guy's been serving as my zombie tokens for a while now he's he's a good good fella so i guess skate zombies i guess it's a group of dudes so uh so shout out to those guys um <laughs> shout out to jay parasol i think that's his name uh it's uh at Parasol01 on Twitter. Him and his brother love to listen to the A-Team. And uh, they wanted us to talk about M- the Empire cards in, uh, in I guess, uh, M12. You guys remember those things? Where, like, you, no. You have, like, three different artifacts, and you have to unite them to oh, do something. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, The scepter, the crown, and the something or other. Oh, yeah, and yeah, the, yeah, throne? Yeah. the throne? The throne, yeah, yeah. yeah he only wants... one of them was good by itself. Yeah, he wanted us to talk about that. Uh, but we Why? didn't have time because uh, Reed Duke was just uh, going on and on, you know? So <laughs> Fucking Reed Duke. Oh, man. So, unfortunately, we didn't get to cover that. But shout out to you and your brother. Thanks for listening. Uh, shout out to all the guys uh, who have been leaving comments. I, unlike Jay Bush, love to read the comments. Um, I love to read them. You don't read them for like a month. No, no, I'm, I'm in better, but I still love to read them. I just don't. I'm not punctual about that. It's shit. like it's like you know, leaving your wife, it's like leaving your wife for like two months and then being like, oh, I still love my wife. Yeah, I just don't want to be around her for two I didn't months. Divorce the fucking. <laughs> I didn't divorce the comments. I just went on a business trip. Yeah, a long <laughs> business Twitter. <laughs> so uh, yeah, shout out to those guys, um, and shout out to Ben Mapes. Uh, he's uh, he moved down here, so he's got a job in Cincinnati now, and uh, he's living uh, real close. So me and Ben Mapes are gonna get to hang out a lot. I like that guy; uh, he cracks me up. Uh, so I'll be talking a lot more about EDH because Ben Mapes brings out the EDH in me. So. I I can second the shout out to Ben Mapes. <laughs> and I, I'm done with shout outs. Jay, uh, oh, shout, oh, out. shout out to Reed Duke. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thanks for coming on the cast. <laughs> I almost Thank forgot. You. It's Thank like you. you're one of the guys, Reed. That's why. <laughs> uh, thanks to Reed Duke for coming on again. I'm sorry that I wasn't here to listen to you, but I still enjoyed the short time that we had together. Um, shout outs, shout outs. Who do I have shout outs to? Fuck. Uh, shout out to Jeff Woods. Uh, shout out to Chris Hewitt, who I did not realize was a, like a fucking superhero. So shout out to that guy. Um, shout out to Tom Martell, who is sweet dude. Uh, shout out to Owen Turnwald, because uh, he's fucking the best, obviously. And that's not even trolling. I, everybody's been trolling Owen, my bro, for like ever, for some reason. I don't, I don't know why, but I, I, I agree with everything that the, he, he has said so far. And so fuck you guys about that. How about that? Uh, shout out to <laughs> Carrie Dan, who uh, didn't talk me off the ledge. Like it wasn't a ledge that I had to be talked off of, but it was a stern talking to that I needed that he gave. Uh, shout out to Joshua Lemish, whose Twitter name used to be Zakir. <laughs> Fucking KYT, you jackanape. Shakira? That's what his yeah, Twitter name was? Shakira. Uh, Shakira. Shout out, to, obviously, to, to Scott. Happy 44th birthday. Oh. <laughs> um, that's oh, it. I'm not yeah. going to shout out the, the, the shout out to Josh Lemish. I'm okay. gonna I'm gonna anti shout out Josh Lemish. Anti shout out to shirts. Also, uh, shout out to Matt Mercier, because he fucking keeps bitching and moaning about not getting shout outs. What? Even though he's never won a mox. I keep mentioning him being better than Cody Crosman every episode. I know so. he's he's just a whiner. He's just shilling. Look, people are getting way too uppity about these shout outs. If you give a shout out, you just be grateful. <laughs> Right? Shout out is a privilege. Yeah, this <laughs> is not, not a right. right. This is not a right. Okay. Reed Duke hath decreed. <laughs> so let him be written. If you keep so fucking around, written. he's gonna he's gonna burden Cheney you right out of the zone. Gone. Have you seen this guy when he gets serious? Scott we've already is- we've already discussed that the next move that he needs to make to the people that are trolling him is somebody in public is going to get a karate chop to the throat. <laughs> <laughs> karate chop to the throat, that's right. So you don't want to be first! <laughs> oh, oh, also, shout out to my cats who left a dead bird <laughs> on my bedroom floor. And, shout uh, out. and shout out to whoever let the bird into my house, which I'm actually oh, quite that's a, a gift. That's a gift, by the way. That's... No, that's why I said that's why I'm shouting them out, John. Shut the yeah. fuck up. It's the way the cat says I love I know how the animal kingdom works. I know how the animal kingdom works. But um, I don't know how this bird got in my house. None of the doors and windows are open. Fireplace. So, so shout out to the magical bird that my cats killed. You know what, cats? Fuck you. That could have been Harry Potter. Maybe they went outside like in ninja suits and they were like, we're going to get this bird. <laughs> They're like yeah. scaling the wall of your house and stuff. No. Just be I think quiet. you have ninja cats, bro. Just be quiet. Just shh. Check your little box. Go to sleep. <laughs> oh my god that's it Caw. torpor orb <laughs> alright sounds alright everybody we'll see you next time bye guys alright happy birthday Scott thanks Reed <laughs>